Hola amigos, uh, this is Enrique Morones and Sarah Bella with Magnificent Mujeres. And we have the Magnificent Reverend Mary Moreno Richardson. But in case you don't know that much about Reverend Mary, we're going to find out more about her. Well, thank you, Enrique. It's wonderful to be here. So this is a question that I asked on the podcast. I kind of asked, when people ask you, who is Reverend Mary Moreno Richardson? What do you tell them? Well, I think I'm someone who cares so much about what's going on in our world um, and wants to be of service. Um, I want to be here and help people. I think that that's what we're called to do. And so I would think that I just want to be someone who's of service to our community. Well, you're truly a, a, a magnificent head. You're <laughs> one of my heroes. And oftentimes people say, people say, People say I'm the life of a party. Please join in. I'll tell a joke or two. I know you're friends with Linda Ronstadt. You're friends with me. We've known each other for a long time. Uh, you're one of my sheroes. How, how did you meet uh, Linda Ronstadt? Um, I met Linda in San Francisco. Uh, she was a keynote speaker at Grace Cathedral, and I knew she was going to be there. And so I have a, a, a program, the Guadalupe Art program, that works with a lot of migrant children and uh, abused children. And so I made a little packet with all the information in it, and I waited for Linda to show up, and I went right up to her and um, told her that I had this packet, introduced myself, and she was just so wonderful and delightful, and she uh, took the packet, and uh, the next day she called me and said, I wanna see the artwork that the children have done. And so it turned out that we lived right in the, name, in the same neighborhood, and so she came over and just loved all the artwork and the stories that the of the children. And Linda has a daughter named Mary. And so um, I invited Mary to be part of the um, program and she was my assistant. And she went to Southwest Key with me up in the Bay Area and worked um, a lot with the children. Mary's bilingual, she speaks Spanish. And so she was wonderful with the children. That's fantastic. And, and Linda, yes, I know that you're bilingual as well. Uh, Reverend Mary, if, if I were to ask you, well, I'm going to ask you, who is Linda Ronstadt? Because we always think about her as a music icon and know about her history, but you've gotten to know her personally. So I'll ask you now, who is Linda Ronstadt to you? Linda Ronstadt is one of the most talented women I've ever met. First of all, I'm her biggest fan. I said that to her when I met her. I said, I'm your biggest fan. I've always loved Linda. I've always loved her music. But getting to know her personally, I'm just so moved and impressed by the incredible human being that she is. We all love her for that beautiful, powerful, magnificent voice that she has. But her heart is as big and beautiful and compassionate than anyone I've ever met. She is really a, a wonderful human being. She is a wonderful human being, as you are, and when you and I met, you told me about the Guadalupe Art Program, which I absolutely love. And I also love the song that you recommended, Adonde Voy, La Madrugada Me Ve Corriendo, Bajo El Cielo Que Va Dando Color. The words of the song, the words of the passion, and your words, when I've heard you preach, when I've heard you talk to children, when I've seen you working with the Guadalupe art program at Southwest Key in San Diego, and, and now that you're in the Bay Area. Tell us a little bit more about this, this Guadalupe art program. 
Well, let me share the art with you. Um, the Guadalupe Art Program began in Los Angeles. It was um, a, a creation, it was my baby that I created. And I was working as a chaplain at Central Juvenile Hall in East Los Angeles. And I was trying to find a way to, to connect with the children. I just, you know, it's, it's very difficult. These children are in a difficult situation, they're in jail. And so I was wearing my medalla, my medal of La Virgen de Guadalupe. And I was talking to one of the kids and he looked up and he saw my medal and he said, oh, La Virgen. And I said, yeah, and he goes, oh, my grandmother taught me everything about La Virgen. And I thought, there it is, there it is. That's how to connect with these children because La Virgen de Guadalupe is so much a part of our heritage. And so um, with divine inspiration, I created the Guadalupe Art Program, which was a program of, of um, using art to heal um, trauma, and to heal um, all of the um, abuse that children have gone through. And so what I do is I invite the participants, the children to paint themselves into the image of Our Lady. And so the whole idea of being painted into the image of Our Lady and her mantle who protects us and guides us and, um, and is, it's just kind of a whole way of looking at the divine and healing. And so here's some of the artwork that some of the girls have done. This was a young girl from El Salvador. It's amazing. This is yeah. just beautiful art. It's amazing. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. And this is a young girl. We took the art program down to Tijuana to an orphanage called Dorcas House. And this is one of the girls who painted herself, Gabby. Wow. Isn't that darling? Beautiful. This is Linda's daughter, Mary, who painted herself with Linda. Oh, I love that. The Madonna and Child. Uh-huh. So that was another one that we invited Mary to be part of the program, which she really, really, truly enjoyed. And then this is when I started working at Juvenile Hall. And what I would do is I would have the children meditate and imagine their soul, what their soul would look like. And so I had a whole group of boys that, that um, I had them do this. And one of them came up to me and said, Reverend Mary, I can't find my soul. And I said, just go down, sit down, close your eyes, and just ask, to, you know, ask God to see your soul. And all of a sudden, he opened his eyes, and he, came, and he painted this. And he came up to me, and he said, Reverend Mary, I found my soul. <laughs> that's so beautiful. That, that is so beautiful. And that's about my level of art. <laughs> I, I do not paint. I, I have lots of uh, weaknesses in and, and many fields, art being one of them. But I have <laughs> recently started doing like stick art where you draw something. Not, not quite as complex as that, but it's so powerful. It's so powerful. This uh, image here, my soul, and you have the red heart. It, it is fantastic. Isn't that beautiful? He has it's just such great, great talent. This was a young, one of the things in Juvenile Hall that I learned, one of my reasons for going uh, to Juvenile Hall in East Los Angeles was to become a chaplain there. And I was a senior uh, chaplain in Central um, Juvenile Hall for quite a while. And one of the things I thought going in, I thought, oh, you know, these are kids who have lost their way. They've gotten in trouble. I'm going to go in and save them. But what I really realized was they taught me so much about of an, in, of an injustice that is going on with mass incarceration of uh, people of color, and of course in juvenile hall, it's children of color. And so one of the things is they had asked me if I would work with sex offenders, and I said, okay, and so I went to the unit, and unfortunately, we incarcerate, our society incarcerate gay minors with sex offenders. And these are the children who have run away from home, 
because it's not safe for them to stay there. It's not safe for them to be who they are. And so they run to the streets of LA and end up selling their bodies, thinking this is the only way that they can, um, that they can take care of themselves. And so then they're arrested for teenage prostitution, which those two words don't even belong together because when do we, when do we decide that one child has been assault, sexually assaulted and when do we decide that one child is selling themselves for profit? So we really see that conflict. But this was, uh, so the, I went into the, um, um, the unit where they had sex offenders and all these young gay children came up to me and they were saying, Reverend Mary, am I going to hell? Reverend Mary, does God hate me? And I said, no, no, no. And what happened was there were some other chaplains that were telling these children these, these terrible things about themselves. And so one of them said, can we create our own religious support group? And I said, sure. So we did. And this is some of the artwork that came out of just the domestic violence that goes on in the homes. And, uh, and so through art, you know, we're telling the story. And so many of these young boys, um, it was interesting because they never felt safe enough to tell their stories. And one of them shared that he was HIV positive. And so we were able to get him all the services and needs that he, that he really needed for, being, um, for having HIV. But some of the artwork that these children do is incredible. This was a young man who painted himself, his spirit, his soul. And uh, he was waiting to turn 18 years old to go to federal prison for life. And so we see the waste of these young, these young children who, um, because of their situations, um, are sentenced to life in jail, you know, in prison. This is another young guy who painted his mom being taken off, his mother was schizophrenic, and his mother being taken off in a straitjacket, and then all the kids in the neighborhood drinking and um, obviously doing drugs. And so you really can see the suffering in their communities that they go through. Yeah, these are very powerful images. The, the, the image of, the, um, of the, the little girl with the, the, the black eye and the bleeding right. purple lips. And Linda, the image that your daughter painted, uh, also a beautiful painting and uh, so much power. So much power, as, as you know, Linda, with, with music and Reverend Mary, with art, with art. Like that one right there, it's just, it breaks my heart to see that. To see that, and uh, and I cannot even imagine what the little girl was thinking when she was painting this. Obviously, you know, remembering a very sad moment. That's that's a haunting uh, painting. Very right haunting. Very haunting. Right. And these are uh, back in Tijuana. These are some of the girls from Dorcas House at the um, at the orphanage for children. These are the children whose parents are in the prison on the mesa. Yes. And Dorcas House is there so the children can live there while their parents are incarcerated. Um, whoops, I kind of went down here a little bit too fast. These are the children uh, in the city dump in Tijuana. Mm. Uh, a so I, I, my, by the way, my, uh, my brother Luis says hello. I know you saw him and Mary not too, too long ago. And as you know, my brother Luis worked at that dump uh, yes. trying to help the children. And then he also was a volunteer at Southwest Key. Right. So we have a lot of connections there, and they, they both, uh, Mary and, and uh, Luis, also wanted to pass my regards to, to you, Linda, Thanks. because they're big fans. But to see these children, the way they're smiling, because of the love you, Reverend Mary, are sharing with them, is so important, and that's something we can't lose. The hugging. Right now, it might not be very difficult because of the virus. Right. But that, that hugging and, and letting them express themselves through art is so important. So and, important. And so powerful. Yeah. 
when you think of these, these are the children who live in the city dump and look how happy they are. I mean, that's one of the things I learned that really impressed me. It's like, oh my God, look at these beautiful children who are laughing and smiling. And it just reminds me, I have nothing to complain about. I'm so blessed, you know, yeah. and this is responsibility. It's a program at the city dump uh, by Michael, Michael Lynch. He's uh, the director of this program. And he went in there, I think something like 25, maybe over 25 years ago, started uh, a school, a preschool, a grammar school and a prepa and a computer school um, in there in responsibility. So well, I remember once when I met Mr. Lynch, I was speaking someplace sort of like the opposite of when you met Linda. This time I was the speaker and he came up to me afterwards and he said, oh, I saw you on TV yesterday with my friend. So I said, oh, what are you referring to uh, in the news or what? And he goes, no, on the O'Reilly factor. And I said, well, I have two questions. One, why are you watching Fox News? And two, what do you mean your friend? And he said, Bill O'Reilly and I went to school together back in New York. And they, they knew each other from school, from high school, an all-boys Catholic high school back in uh, Long Island. And he told me that the biggest donor to his program was actually Bill O'Reilly. Yes. And once when I was on, I was on the air debating Bill O'Reilly many times, as you know. And one time I told him about that before the show. And he said, Enrique, whatever you do, don't mention that during the show. <laughs> ruin his image but uh, yeah that's that's a very uh, powerful picture there because like you said they're literally in the dump and there you, you see the joy and, and the love and the, and the expressions in their faces it's so beautiful it is it's this is one of the young girls from the cathedral um who painted herself and she she and her family were deported as we know so many families have been deported yes sadly um, so so that was sad. And there's another young girl from the Cathedral of Fidencia painting herself. And we, we would love to, re I know you're still doing it, but make a direct connection with what we're doing with Gente Unida because we're going to the shelter. We're working with children. We have an art project. Uh, Mario Torero's involved in that. Uh, Pam Calore that you know is involved in that. And other artists. We're doing it through Zoom, but we're actually also physically going down there and working with the children. We bring them masks and we bring them donations and so forth. We, we maintain the social distancing and we do an art program and we also do a dance therapy program. Like I mentioned earlier with, with uh, Adi, who's a disciple of Rumi. So we're gonna continue doing the dance therapy and the art therapy. And we love you to be part of the art therapy. Would love to. I would love to. That would be fantastic. Thank you. Um, and so this is one of the last pictures that I had of the girls of just, you know, helping them, helping them find the light within themselves, you know, and um, every child is important. Every child matters. And it doesn't matter if they're documented or not documented. Everybody is a part of the human race. As you always say, Enrique, we're one race, right? We're the human race. And so um, that's kind of what I want these young girls to know and to understand while I'm working with them. So many of them come in hearing all the negative things about you know being undocumented or not being wanted in this country. And it's so important for us to uh, empower them and help them understand that they have every right to be here. You know, it always amazes me that as Latinos, as Mexicans, we're called the immigrants. We've always been here. We're the only ones with the DNA 
from this land, you know? Everybody else comes from another part of the world. Their DNA is from another part of the world. Our DNA is right here from, this, from, this, from the Americas, and yet we're called the immigrants, you know? That's right. As it has been said, we, we didn't cross the border. The border crossed us. I know that, uh, Linda, your family is originally from Sonora. Mine is from Sinaloa. Reverend Mary, where's your family originally from? In uh, we're from Los Altos, Los Altos de Jalisco, San oh, Juan, yeah. and uh, Guanajuato. Yes, oh, well, Guanajuato, uh, Leon, Guanajuato, is sister cities with San Diego. Right. And Los Altos de Jalisco, it's beautiful. The, all of Mexico is so, oh, beautiful. Yeah, so beautiful. And of course, in Jalisco, we have the mariachi music and the tequila, and, and there's so much tradition. And, and this art tradition is something very important. So, so glad that you're.
copy by right. maybe uh, yeah if we could post that information as well we have the trailer already i'm working with uh consultants on getting that it's called uh linda and the mockingbirds and oh, okay. mockingbirds are uh, a wonderful wonderful organization in the east bay and uh in um eugene rodriguez is the director and what he does is it's it's in richmond in oakland and that whole area that um low-income area of the bay area and he created this incredible program uh, called the mockingbirds and the children learn to play instruments they learn to sing and they learn to dance and it's beautiful they went to mexico with linda to sonora and they made this uh documentary and jackson brown is in it and linda's in it and so we'll send you the link it's not out yet but we do have the trailer oh great great and on behalf of sarabella our producer enrique morones your host we want to thank you, Linda, and you, Reverend Mary, for joining us today. Uh, it's truly a pleasure to have you both as Magnificent Mujer. And I want to let you know that I feel so bad, I've got a worried mind. I'm so lonesome all the time since I left my baby behind in the blue bayou. I better stop there because we're going to lose all our uh, followers if I go on. But Reverend Mary, uh, Linda Rock. I didn't know you had it with you, brother. Man. Bravo, bravo. The crowd is going wild. The crowd is going wild. Yeah, please, social distancing. Please, social distancing. Thank you very much. Amor, si Amor. se puede. Gracias. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I like that cheering at the end. That was pretty good. What is that? When I sing, people get emotional? Isn't that? <laughs> oh, I love that. That commercial. That commercial where that guy says that he goes, yeah, the, about the karaoke. He goes, yeah, but when I sing, people really get emotional. That's a good line. I'm gonna that. The dog didn't start howling. Did you notice? <laughs> that, that, that's yeah, because he was asleep. Because the dog was asleep. That's so funny. But now he's walking around. Like, what, what in the world was that? That is so funny. You know, Linda and I have gone out to lunch a couple. We're not on now, are we? This is, we're off. No. No. Oh, okay. The podcast is over. Uh -huh. yeah. oh, okay. Um, we were, um, we've gone out to lunch a couple of times and it's so funny when I'm out to lunch with Linda, we'll be having lunch and maybe the bartender or the waiter will come over and they'll say, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm just such a big fan. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, Linda goes through this all the time. I'm sure, you know, it's always coming. Somebody wants an autograph. And so we're sitting there, the guy's like, oh yeah, I heard you sing in Berlin and I heard you sing here and all that. But he was looking at me and I'm like, excuse me? And he's like, well, you're Joan Baez, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. I could see that. Isn't that funny? And Linda just cracks up. She thinks that's like the funniest thing because every time we go anywhere, it happens. It just happens over and over again. And we're just like going, oh, yeah, it's just because all Mexicans look alike. <laughs> uh, we would love to have Joan Baez uh, on, on the podcast. And I, and I uh, can relate to your story because you don't know how many times people come up to me asking if I'm George Clooney. I was going to say George Clooney. Oh. Yeah, all the time. And I go, I'm obviously taller than him, but they still confuse us. So, 